I'm from Dallas. You know, I was born in Dallas. So uh, I'll tell you what, that's probably the most exciting phone call that I've ever gotten in my career was them saying, hey, guess what? You're going to play Jerry Ewing's son on Dallas and you're going to go home to Dallas to shoot the show. I was like, this can't be real, you know? And then sure enough, I'm shaking Larry Hagman's hand. And he asked me if I was ready to play ball. He asked me if I was ready to be a son of a bitch. And uh, <laughs> I, said, I said, you got it. I knew I had big shoes to fit. Welcome to the Lone Star Play Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Join me and a famous guest every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We discuss their career, life, food, Texas, and everything in between. Let's get started. Good, brother. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, thank you. Um, really appreciate you coming on, man, taking time during all this. <laughs> all, all this crazy stuff, whatever this is, right? <laughs> yeah there's a new there's a new word for it right every week it seems like uh you know th to be honest with you this has gone on way longer than i thought uh initially um in february i remember and then just yeah. really south by for me i live in austin and and um had a lot of stuff planned during south by here like i do every year and when that got canceled that for me was okay they've never canceled south by or anything like this so i just need yeah like, yeah, this is not, this is not good. It's, it's, it's been insane, man. I mean, I, I personally, I'm, I'm in LA right now, but I have for the most part been out of LA for the, for most of the year because this city's, you know, it's pretty much shut down. And, um, I sat on my couch for a month in the first month of it. And I was like, I don't over this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I gained like seven pounds or something and I'm going, what am I doing here, man? This is ridiculous. So. I got out of LA, flew to Oklahoma, hung out with family, went to Dallas for a bit, uh, and uh, then Nashville and Wisconsin and Arkansas. I've been I've been all over the middle of the country. It's been good. Okay, right on, dude, man, that's awesome. Yeah. I, wish I could. I wish, um, you know, I wish I could get. I'm getting antsy, man. To be honest with you, I'm getting real antsy, and I think everybody is. Yeah, you're a hundred percent right. It's, um, you know, I'm thankful, you know, for you know, being able to have my job like this, I can do the podcast. I mean, we used to do it at a studio, but you know, do it from home, right? Like everybody can do that. It's not a big deal. Uh, sure. but still, you know, I can't go, I, I used to climb a lot. Um, and that's something I can't really do, um, right now, not the same way anyway. Uh, Rock climb. Yeah. Yeah. So that, well, in gyms, not, I'm not out like Alex. Or whatever I was going to say in Texas kind of flat. Yeah. <laughs> 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 there are a, lot of, a lot of good rock climbing out there. It's like Utah, huh? Yeah, real, real easy climbs. Let me tell you, they're yeah. <laughs> just like herbs, things like that. That's what I climb. Okay, uh, there you go. <laughs> no, you know they got these gyms or whatever you go to. That that's all I'm uh, willing to do. To be honest with you, I'm not an adventurous uh, person as far as that goes. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I I did a movie in Utah, and um, and my my character had to rock climb so i ended up getting certified as a what's it called a belayer is that right yeah yeah that's what i'm certified to yeah i got all okay that. um so there's some there's some gyms that are you know 50 60 70 feet high walls and then you got some gyms that are just i think it's called bouldering right where it's just like 15 20 feet and there's a big mat at the bottom kind of deal totally totally yeah they but honestly um a lot of gyms have both mine actually has a great 
has both of those has a lot of bouldering to be honest with you but you know has walls as well the bouldering is like i would say that's for people that really know how to climb now i do do that but um not like i mean you got people that are literally climbing up right like (laughs) just yeah that that, like they're like literally like upside down yeah hanging on by a pinky it's that did you ever see that sylvester stallone movie from the 90s cliffhanger of course. I mean, come on. That's what I think of every time I'm out there. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. Me. Oh, Sly, Sly Stone. Love yeah. that guy. <laughs> well, let's talk about you, man. Let's talk about you a little bit about, um, look, I watched, um, you know, some of your stuff uh, over the past week here. Know that you were coming on. Um, you know, you had a great show recently, um, The Arraignment, right? That's what it, yeah. was it was. It was quite a big deal, actually. The more I started to read in the behind the scenes show um just as far as like you know being one of only two shows produced you know so so sort of a new avenue of of sure um that was a great project man obviously had a lot of uh, fan support and everything behind a great creator you know him and just talk to us a little bit about that man what your experience was and everything you know that show it was first of all it was unique um there you know there's we have a lot of doctor shows and legal shows and cop shows and you know this show was uh, people wanted to say that it was kind of based off of tom cruise and katie holmes i mean we let him say that it wasn't really i mean it's you know but it it, it was i guess in a way similar right so i played kyle west who was within the story the biggest movie star in the world and um he's got a very interesting life and he meets a young and up and up and coming actress and he absolutely falls in love with her, uh, right from the get go and, uh, offers her a contract for marriage. He was also, uh, which, which is obviously, a, a, you know, it's, that's actually a real thing that, that has happened. That's been happening in, you know, since the beginning of Hollywood, but offers her a contract for marriage. He's the face of, if you want to call it a cult, we called it a, uh, kind of a uh it was the institute of the higher mind so yeah uh some people you know liked to compare that to scientology which i don't know much about scientology i've been out in Hollywood for 20 years i just never really looked into it but uh, uh when it came to our show the arrangement it was just i mean it was it was it was unique it was shot beautifully you know our our, our writer jonathan abrams he, i mean he, he he's the guy who wrote mad men you know he's an emmy winning writer and um, Christine, my co-star was so damn good. And, uh, Michael Vartan, my other co-stars, he's, he's, I mean, that guy's just, he's a movie star and he's, he's badass. So he and I got along really, really well. And, um, I got to go to Vancouver to shoot the show, which have you been to Vancouver? No, man. I've, I've only been to Toronto in Canada to be honest. Got it. Man, Vancouver is, it's just such a, such a beautiful city, man. Um, and, uh, I, I became a runner because of that city. They, they've got like the seawall and this whole kind of trail that just goes for miles around a park. And, uh, so we shot 80% of the show in Vancouver, the other 20%, all the exterior stuff that you would know and recognize from LA. We shot here in LA, um, uh, which has been a long time since I shot anything in LA because everything leaks, you know, no, nothing shoots here anymore. Yeah. Unless you're doing like a sitcom and you're on the studios at Warner brothers or universal or something. Um, yeah, there, uh, uh, so I, I got to shoot here a little bit. We even shot with season one. We went to Venice. I mean, I'd been to Venice before Venice, Italy, Yeah. but like to shoot something there was just incredible. I mean, 
imagine that must have been great absolutely was it a local crew as well uh in venice yeah in venice yeah we had this guy named luca he was uh <laughs> anything that's ever shot in venice that motherfucker oh, excuse my language sorry no, no we we curse on here i mean it's open open podcast. okay no gotcha yeah uh anything shot in venice that guy was the uh essentially the, the first ad he was the guy that he knew all the locals so like if you're in venice shooting a scene an old Italian woman coming home from the grocery store is not going to care and she'll walk right through your scene and not care at all. <laughs> I mean, legit, like bag of groceries, cussing us out in Italian saying, get away, get out of, get away. you know, it's, it, uh, but that's what was great about it. It was, it's, it's almost like shooting in a weird way, like in New York, but not obviously it was very two different places, but sure. in New York, in New York, you got to just steal shots and get, and you just got to get what you can get. You can't really control those streets. Um, so it, 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 Venice was great. Venice was, was really great. And by the way, it, it, isn't it like sinking or something? What's going on a little bit? <laughs> totally, man. I think, uh, I think you're right. Well, shit, you were there. Um, yeah, as far as I know, it's, it, it's definitely having problems. I'm a little worried about those guys out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, can we like, you know, can we like figure out some sort of like massive flotation devices to keep that city afloat? Because... <laughs> it's a great place it's a great place yeah, um uh, it's weird now you see people taking pictures and stuff and they're in a foot and a half of water and you're like that doesn't look safe no, not at all yeah i mean look the world's a lot of different places are changing because of the water rising miami even new york right they even talk about manhattan um wow. you know being being somehow affected later on if if it were to continue to rise at the level it's rising look i'm not a, a science person like you know what i mean i'm regurgitating shit here i've mm -hmm. uh, we, we can we can act like we know what we're talking about <laughs> yeah oh that's yeah no manhattan's uh water levels risen two and a half inches in the last 37 years it's crazy yeah. <laughs> yeah. well they say 57 percent of all statistics are made up anyway so it, i like that i like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of like these corona statistics right it's like yeah. what are we doing here <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's hard to know. Uh, and, and I'm not making light of it. I'm I'm really not because uh, it's it's a scary thing that we're all living in. But you know, for me, it's just frustrating when. I mean, like I said, I traveled to six different states in the last four months, and met ten different people that, you know, that got a test result in the mail that said they were positive of COVID, and they never took a freaking test. Like they didn't even take a test. They're like, why am I getting this? I just don't know what's going on anymore. It just sucks that, you know, we can't have more of a, uh, uh, something that we can rely on to know what's happening and what's real so that we can fix this deal. And, uh, you know, all these false positives and everything else, it's just, it's sad because it's a scary time and it is a real thing, but, you know, uh, it's, I don't know. We don't have to go into that, but it's just, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's a crazy time, right? It's a crazy time one of the greatest times in the history of the world, definitely in, you know, our generation, our lifetime. hundred percent, hundred percent. Nothing yeah. like nothing to compare it to, right? Nothing to like look back on and go, Oh, okay. This is how I got through that. This is how I'll, I'll get through this. You know? So, I mean, this, this the, the 2020 is just like, yeah, can we, let's get over this shit already. Free, dude. I, I was so excited actually for 2020. I'll be honest when it came around. So was I, you know, right? Like the twenties. Okay, here we go. We're going to do Yeah. And then, baby, I mean, sucker punch. It's, this has been like, it's like, okay, enough already. You know what I mean? Ah, it's, uh, it's, 
it's an odd time. It's an odd time. And, uh, but I am an optimist and I do believe that, that this will pass and that, uh, me too. you know, that, that we're going to learn a lot from what, what, what's happening right now. Um, not just with the whole COVID deal, but with, uh, just society in general. And, and, um, you know, I'm hoping that at the end of this, cause, cause I, I have lost people this year. I, I posted a video a couple of weeks ago. I lost three friends in one day. Um, none of them to COVID, but, but to crazy stuff. And, and, uh, it's just been a, it's been a freaking hard year, you know, my industry shut down. So, uh, so there's nothing for us to do, but I, luckily I also do music. So I've been able to, um, I'm making some really big strides in music, which is, I'm super stoked about. Um, and uh, like I'm pretty much in talks to be working with one of the biggest, most prolific songwriters in country music history. And he and I are going to start, we've already written together, but um, yeah, I think we're going to kind of, uh, he, he's going to be a part of my team to get, to get the song on the radio and to, to do it big. So I'm really excited about that. That's awesome, man. That is yeah. incredible. You can't say who, I mean, I'm not pressuring you. This isn't live either. So I'm just asking. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it's uh, it, so crazy story. That, that's what makes this whole thing great is that uh, his name is Dallas Davidson, big time writer out in, out in Nashville. Um, there's not many people in the history of country music that have more number ones than, than he's written. Uh, one night I get a phone call. Uh, uh, one night I get a phone call and, and I, I don't know, you know, uh, it's pretty late. I don't know uh, who it was. And the next day it was him. And he was like, he, he, I'm pretty sure the message started with, John Ross, this is Bobby. JR is Bobby. This is Bobby. He was doing like a, almost like a, like a JR impression of talking to Bobby Ewing. And, uh, and I didn't know what was going on. And then he said his name and he said, I heard you do country music. Hit me up. And I, and, and uh, I was like, holy crap, Dallas Davidson just left me a voicemail and we had never met. And um, I, I believe he's going to kill me if I'm wrong, but, uh, he, his, he was named after the show. Like his parents were massive fans of the show. And, oh. and, um, so that's why he, he was watching the, sh the new one. And, uh, and he somehow got my number, called me and, um, I was like, Oh wow. You want to do music with me? Okay. I'll be on the next flight out. Let's write. And, um, that was a few years ago and, um, kind of, we just cultivated a relationship. He's a great dude. And, the guy's just so talented. It's insane. You know, Nashville in general is an, an, an incredible city. And uh, have you ever been to Nashville? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my God. I mean, it's really uh, Here you go. You got great people, good food, bars are open late, great music. What else do you need? Yeah. And it still has that small town feel in a lot of ways, right? Like it's growing quick. It's, it's, right. I mean, even in like, even in the last, five years you know you talk to the people that live there and they're like what the hell is this traffic like what the hell is this this didn't exist five years ago now you know sounds like austin it, honestly. Uh, you know it kind of sounds like freaking everywhere it's like, <laughs> like like everywhere's growing you know what i mean it's like yeah. I, when i when i was doing the show dallas in dallas yeah think about dallas how much has dallas changed it, it looked like vegas i mean they, they, they were they were throwing up buildings like left and right i'm going what in the hell is this what's going on how many and you know you got 
I can't remember somebody, you know, one of my acquaintances worked at the DMV and they're like, oh, there's 220 people a day moving here. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and that didn't sound like a lot, but if you think about it every day. You add that up. Absolutely. That's a lot of people. Over you know, and, and uh, like Texas is pretty spread out, but uh, I was living in uptown when I was doing the show um, and we would shoot all over uptown and our studios were downtown um, at a place called Southside and Lamar. And, uh, oh. I, you know, I, I'm from Dallas, you know, I was born in Dallas. So, uh, I'll tell you what, that's probably the most exciting phone call that I've ever gotten in my career was them saying, Hey, guess what? You're going to play Jerry Ewing's son on Dallas and you're going to go home to Dallas to shoot the show. I was like, this can't be real, you know? And then sure enough, I'm shaking Larry Hagman's hand and, he asked me if I was ready to play ball. He asked me if I was ready to be a son of a bitch. And uh, <laughs> I, said, I said, you got it. I knew I had big shoes to fill. But crazy thing is a lot of those fans from the original watched, obviously, the new Dallas and said they thought that I was more evil than him, which is kind of, that's saying a lot. <laughs> no, you crushed it, man. You crushed it on the show. Um, I, I grew up watching the original Dallas later in in the, you know, more like, I don't know, 87, 88 to, to the end. Sure. Yeah. That would have been like season 10 or something, probably at their nine. It was later. Um, you know, I was born in 79. I wasn't watching it as a toddler, you know, of course. No. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So yeah, it was great to see the show come back, uh, come back around, bring back attention to Dallas. And again, you crushed it on the show, man. It was, it was awesome. Thank uh, you so much. I mean, I, I, I truly, you know, Hollywood is such a weird place, man. It really is. And I can't I really I, I can't. Uh, well, you know, you deal with these with I'm gonna wash my tongue here. Um you know, I come from Texas and I grew up in Oklahoma and uh and moving back and forth from Texas to Oklahoma. Mesquite, Texas is kind of where I was supposed to go to high school and um you know, you come out in and, and, and it's a whole different world out here. And I was so blessed. I'd been here for three weeks when I moved here. I, I originally had the record deal and came out on music and was doing a show called Pop Stars, which is the only reason I ever came to California. I mean, uh, otherwise I was going to play baseball at UT and uh, hopefully play for a living. You know, I was getting drafted at a high school to play baseball and that was my life. That's all I knew. Uh, and then I got thrown into this crazy business. Um, and I, I was green, obviously. and, and uh, But quickly after pop stars um I'm, i came back so i came back after our record so our record label folded came back to la because I, an agent wanted to meet me right or two two agencies wanted me. i didn't even know what an agent was so i was like all right what, what, I'll, I'll, you know what if someone wants to meet me i'll go and, and, and meet them and um signed with one of those agents and three weeks later i booked the lead of a show the lead of a movie and a national print ad for Skechers in the same day. And Jesus. I was like, why doesn't everyone do this shit? This is easy. Like, what the <laughs> it's not easy. I, I, I realized that later on, but I was just so fortunate. And, uh, you know, I never looked back. Um, but my point is, you know, I, I've been so blessed in like, the shows that I've been able to do. Like a lot of my stuff has been straight pop culture, Desperate Housewives. Yeah. 90210. I mean, you say those those two anywhere in the world and they know what those are. Yeah. Dallas. You say yeah. that anywhere in the world, they know what that is. Yeah. I've been very fortunate in the stuff that I've been able to do. But, you know, 
Dallas was such a freaking great show. It was, I'll never forget watching that pilot at the big premiere we had at the, uh, the opera house in Dallas and, and 5,000 people came. Was that at the, at the Windspear? Correct. Yeah. Were you there? No, I wasn't. But that's the I used to work across. I used to manage a wine bar across the street from the Windspear at the. Oh, I know that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, if I knew you back then, I would have invited you, bud. Um, No worries. You know what I mean? It it was it was a really special night. You had you know it was in Dallas at that at that beautiful venue. I think five thousand people were allowed to come and and fill the venue. And you had Larry Hagman and, and Linda Gray and Patrick. You had everyone there. Everyone there, and it was. I mean, for me, it was just, it was so special and it was done really well. And to bring back a show that was so loved uh, worldwide, it's the most watched television show in history. And to have a lot of the original fans say, this is just as good, if not actually a lot better than the original. And I'm not knocking the original because the original is, is, it's, it's, it's fun. It's freaking Dallas, you know? Absolutely. Um, and then just to have a network just kind of go, it, by the way, our ratings are great. We were a worldwide show. We were in 220 countries and to have a network just go, eh, we're going to just go ahead and do. What happens is, is new people come into positions at these networks, right? So they want to make their, they want to make their name known. They want to stake their claim. And if something's not their cup of tea, they cancel it. And uh, that's what happened with Dallas. Dallas, we were supposed to do 10 years of that show. We would still be doing it today. We'd, we'd be on season nine, which is crazy. Um, we all signed on for 10 years, you know? And that's Hollywood for you. People change positions and new people come in and they want to throw their weight around and they cancel great freaking shows. And the arrangement was really good. I was really proud of that show. It was, it was just unique, you know? It was like... It was kind of given like this weird, like inside into maybe the 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 backstage of like personal Hollywood and these big movie stars. Because if you think about it, you know, like uh, playing Kyle West in the arrangement, he couldn't really do anything normal. You know, I, I, I don't know if you saw like the first episode. He had a yeah, he had a uh, uh, a woman who was she would role play, right? She was his maid. She was his cook. She was his, and she was there to please him because he can't go to a bar and just pick up a random chick. It'll get in the tabloids or whatever else. And so it was a fun show and a unique show. There was some dark, dark elements to it. Uh, And we really got into that in season two. Um, And season three was going to be so good. The whole story was already written out. We expected to easily we, we expected to do that show for a minimum of five five years. Wow. But that's the thing, man. This city, this industry, nothing's a damn guarantee, dude. Uh, even if you're a hit show, doesn't mean you're gonna come back. Yeah, as a fan, I mean, you know, I, I know absolutely, right? I talk to all my friends all the time. It's what we always talk about. They always cancel good shows and then other shows we nobody's you feel like nobody's watching they continue to go on you're just wondering why what is the hell's is happening just the same reason as a fan you wonder how a movie got made a certain movie gets made or you know a certain album comes out you're just like how is this person even you know putting out music you know i'm a i'm a chef right so i'm in the i've been in the food industry for 15 years and had my own business and blah 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 
sort of the same thing with food, right? I look around and I know there's, I just wonder, how does that guy have a restaurant? Right? <laughs> yeah. How is he surviving? And this other person that's cooking ridiculous food that's amazing that nobody knows about is struggling, right? I mean, sometimes it just, it's not, I hate to say it, this sounds so cliche, but it's not fair. You know, it's yeah. just, it's not fair and it sucks to be honest. Well, with like those po are politics are a real thing in every aspect of life. 100%, man. You know what I mean? Like, 100%. I mean, even in entertainment, some of the most talented people ever will never even get a shot. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, it, you know, like everything, I think, in life, you know, whether you're at a Fortune 500 company or, or a restaurant or it's all relationship based and politics. And um, hopefully you can find a way to navigate yourself into those politics, but not lose yourself at the same time. That's the that's the balance, right? That's the hard part. Um, yeah. You want you want to be successful, but you also don't want to trample people on your way there, because then when you look back, you know, what what does that journey look like? You know, yeah, because that's what you'll do whenever you get to the peak. You'll you'll think about the journey that it took to get you there. So you got to be real careful of what you do. I guess just depending I, on the type of person you are, you know. I agree, man. I mean, look, I, I've worked with a lot of people over my 20-year career, and, and I've seen the gamut of personalities and oh, egos and stuff. And, but. you know, I, I, I've always prided myself in treating, treating people the right way, uh, uh, Every day when I come on set, no matter what show it is, I shake everyone's hands. I know everybody by name. It's a family. And, you know, people remember people that took the time to say hello and, and were always nice to them. And trust me, people remember the people that weren't nice to them. And, yep. it, it, you know. Or probably, right? I think you remember. Of course. I mean. People would be like, screw that person. I'm never working with that guy again or that girl again. And, and that's a real thing, especially in this industry, you know. Um, from Texas, like coming from Texas, Oklahoma, you know, that seems like sort of just things we do, right? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I, in general, I just know that, it, that I have a good heart. I'm a good person. I care about people. Uh, I like to take care of people. Like, um, I've been very fortunate. So, uh, you know, I come from very humble beginnings, very humble beginnings. I've never met my father. Um, my mother had me at 18, I think. And, you know, every once in a while to this day, I, I, I tell her, thanks for having me. Thank you. Because, you know, when, when, when girls get pregnant in high school, like sometimes it, you know, it's like, it's, it, it, I, I'm just glad, I'm so glad to be here. And, and I've had an extraordinary life, but, um, uh, I, the beginning of my life was tough, really hard. And, um, so when I, when I, some, someone, you know, it's crazy. Someone the other day said, uh, and, and I'd never thought about it this way. They go, is it, do, do you not find it odd that, you know, that the world is a big place and there's eight, whatever billion people on it. And he goes, is it kind of weird that, someone on every continent in this planet knows who you are. And I go, I've never thought of that. That's super weird. And I didn't, you know, I, I, I didn't, oddly enough, my mother has in, in our old fo uh, photo albums, family albums, she has Josh's TV smile. When I was like a baby, I would do this weird 
goofy smile. And uh, she always thought I was going to be on TV. Growing up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in Mesquite, Texas, you don't really see that as uh, a reality. You know, we, we see, we, we watch movies and we watch television. And we're like, oh, well, that's what that is. That's incredible. I, I, there's no way I could ever do that. I mean, how would I even try? And somehow, you know, uh, the good Lord brought me into this industry. And, 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 and um, a lot of my friends in the, the acting world is so weird right now that so many of my friends that I, that I kind of grew up in the business with and have worked with, they don't know what they're going to do. And luckily I have music, you know, luckily I can do both yeah. because the, Hollywood's getting weird. Wow. I don't know if you've seen a lot of these articles, but a lot of people are leaving. Oh, yeah, I have. I mean, is that, you mean like moving out of California? You just mean leave, leaving the business or, or what? Do no, you... like, like getting out of California. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. Um, there's some big, which I think I am too. There's a big names moving to Texas. That's... Yeah be a popular in Austin specifically um, where I'm at love Austin by the way yeah it's that's a, where you're at yeah that's where I'm at man I've been here since uh 2014 uh, okay 2014 I moved here just to open a food truck I mean that's the whole reason I moved to the city and I've been that here. was where I was gonna go let's talk about some food out in Austin yeah so first of all I so I do love to cook uh, I've been cooking since I was little because nice. because uh, I, I kind of raised myself so I uh, make food, right? You had to. I did. I, I learned, you know, experimenting uh, what works with what. And, um, you know, I have a lot of, uh, I love to host big barbecues and big dinners. And I mean, I did Thanksgiving one year for 75 people at my house. Nice. Uh, cooked two different kind of turkeys. I did a honey baked or a, a, a ham, uh, probably 20 something different casseroles and sides. And, um, I enjoy it. You know, for me, I'm so ADD and my mind never stops that there's only a couple things that I can do that will help me slow down. And cooking is one thing. I enjoy it. It helps me kind of just zen out. And, and uh, I really do enjoy cooking. I mean, I, I just, you know, I think it's great to, to make something that someone else can get pleasure or joy out of consuming, I guess, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I, I really do. And, and, and yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So you're in Austin. I was in Austin for, uh, yeah, South by a few years ago doing promotion for the arrangement. Nice. Um, that was the last time I was there. Uh, and I, I went to, okay, there's a barbecue place right downtown. There's right. Like, it's a big place. Lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, iron, Iron something, iron. Uh, it's off a of Red River. I mean, I know exactly. It's an old. It wasn't. Well, there's a river. like a little stream, like a little river thing there, or no? See, I didn't go to that one. That's supposed to be. Is that what? Okay, if I'm going to Austin, where, where, where do I go for for good Texas barbecue? Look, I'm not. I'm not trying to <laughs> call anybody out, but anybody local knows that's not really the barbecue you go to. Sure. It's like the touristy one. Um, I, I think you're talking about a different one than I'm talking about, though. Because uh, I, I did see that one. There's so many yeah, here in Austin. It's like, honestly, I, I don't know which one you went to, to be honest with you. If it, yeah. I'm just trying to wonder, God, downtown, I don't know. Um, there's Franklin's, which is probably the most popular that people know about. And, you know, okay. line down the street every day. Yeah. yeah. Till the pandemic put a stop to that. I don't know if that'll sure. come back, but I would say 
I don't know. My my favorite in town is um, a place called Brown's Barbecue. Okay. Little food truck off of uh, Lamar. Is that that guy that's like he's he's on the Food Channel all the time? He's 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 pretty much known for for his truck. He's in Austin. I've seen him on. I mean, I've seen him on countless shows over the last year. You know who I'm talking about, or no? I don't know. Um, okay. There's just so who many cares? here and so many. No, no. I mean, there, there's so much. Look, this is why I tell people, you, you, you know, you know, dude, you're from Texas, you know, Barbie. Yeah. To be honest with you, you're never really going to go horribly wrong, right? Like, it's True. never, you know what I mean? Like, even the mediocre barbecue is still way better than what you're going to get if you go somewhere else that they try to give you barbecue and you're like, this is a joke, you know? So I, I don't know where to get barbecue in LA, period. Uh, apparently, there's a guy that, like, I've heard that though. Apparently, there's a guy, uh, on Instagram, he started his business on Instagram, uh, like doing orders, right? Like you would take pictures and blah, 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 and you could DM him and he would, you would send him money and he would send you barbecue. Um, and it became so ridiculously popular that he now has, I think, two brick and mortars uh, restaurants because he's legit. Now, I haven't tried it yet, and I unfortunately don't even know exactly I could look it up and figure it out, but I, I don't know exactly what his name is or what the what the restaurant's called. But um, yeah, barbecue's not really big in LA. That's that's definitely it's definitely not you know. Obviously, there's incredible restaurants here. Sure, absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, yeah. What so what 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 style of a cook or chef are you? What do you do? I did uh, my my place was called Boca, and we did Spanish food with a little Mexican Texas twist to it. My my, I lived in Spain for a few years. My wife is Spanish, um, so basically that's what well, that was it. We moved back from Spain to come to Austin, so you know we opened up this business, and then the more as I did it, I realized okay, I'm I'm also half Mexican. My mom's from Mexico City, so I grew up with that food immensely in my life to be honest with you so i realized okay let me start mixing this all together and of course i grew up in texas in the dallas area yeah. so i thought okay i'm gonna put some of that influence in as well and that's what it became you know we sounds we, great by the way it was awesome man we we look i had you know i did it for five years i actually closed it last year after south by so last south by was my last big event i did for showtime and yeah. last you know hurrah i closed the business and thank god honestly i think about it now because oh, what right now is a nightmare. All my friends are I just they're struggling, man. I'm not going to lie. A lot of my friends of are struggling with their restaurants and food trucks and catering. Right. It's just there's no events. They can't cater. There's no yeah. to go is not the same takeout. It, look, it, it provides a little revenue, but it's just it's just not the same. You know, of course. No, I mean, um, like so in L.A., I don't know what's like in Texas right now. I was in Dallas a few months ago and they, uh, I was there when they opened up. So they were allowed to, I think at me at 60% capacity or something. And what's funny was, is most of these restaurants, they would put the 50% capacity all out on the patio. So the patio was a hundred percent capacity. Everyone's sitting right next to each other, but uh, whatever. Um, uh, but it is a tough time, man. I mean, uh, you know, one of my, like, I call it my cheers bar. It's called uh, residuals out here. There's a bar called residuals. Um, I like that name. and what's that? I 
So I like that name. That's a cool name. What's cool because what's what's cool about it, it's so it's been open since 1986. And it's it's kind of an odd bar. You walk in and like to the right, there's a bunch of tables that looks like it could be a fucking Applebee's, but you know, it's just a bar. They don't even have food there. You know, you're like, what was this like what what is what's going on over here? They got two dartboards, they do karaoke, so it's become like the karaoke mecca of the valley in LA. Um 1986, it's called residuals. Uh, their thing is, um, if you bring in a residual check for under a dollar, like that was like, you know, in your name for under a dollar, they give you a free drink. And then they put the residual check on the wall, right? They staple it to the wall, which is a great freaking concept for LA. And, you know, it's, it's actually awesome. Um, and it's sad because they don't serve food, meaning they can't be open. And, uh, they might have to freaking go out of business. And it's like our spot, man. Oh, no. You know? And they've been there, like I said, since 86. And oh, uh, they, they obviously, you know, rent, rent is crazy, especially in LA. They're on Ventura Boulevard, which is like prime real estate. And uh, it's a staple, man. And, and, and it's, a, it's, it's just, it's, it's a sad time. Um, but... To, to, to make a segue real quick, you said Mexico City. Yeah. Um, so have you heard of Javier's in Dallas? Javier's. It's Mexico City-style cuisine, and it's my favorite restaurant in Dallas. Okay, right on. Have you, oh, you've never heard of this place? No, I, I, I can't say that I have. Uh, it, it's been a long time since I lived in Dallas, man, to be okay. honest with you. It's... Uh, it's uh, I mean, every time I go to town, I, uh, Javier's, it's a must do, right? Um, so they don't have like tacos and enchiladas and stuff. Like uh, their popular dishes are like um, the cantin flas, which is a filet stuffed with cheese, uh, red snapper. Um, they, they, they give you a green salsa and a red salsa. The green salsa is like kind of warm and you dip your chip in butter before you put it into the salsa. It's just like, and the, the atmosphere there is incredible. He is Javier. He, he, the actual guy is there every day. He counts the money every night. He parks his Ferrari right up front in his spot every day. Uh, I've heard he, I've heard, I, I've heard how much money he makes. I won't put that out there, but he does very well. And uh, people have been asking him for 20 years to be able to open up another Javier's here. Then he's like, I don't need to. I've got my restaurant. In the back, it's a dope-ass cigar lounge, tequila lounge. I mean, this place is awesome. Massive deck outside, the patio. Margaritas are great. You know, it's just... Because uh, when you said Mexico City, I was like... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that is, but... <laughs> I love it. I love I'm not gonna answer that one. Anyways, um, I don't like when people come to my door. I do not like it. Either man, I'm the same way, dude. I, I don't like that shit. Don't. Why are you knocking at my door? Why? I didn't get no text message or phone call. Who are you? Totally. I don't like people dropping in unexpectedly at my house. I'm the same way. Yeah, I had a bad, bad situation happen to me that was case of mistaken identity and whatever else and uh they legit have ptsd from it because i was you know cops kicked my door in and it was a terrible situation and and uh i had no idea what the hell was going on yeah and yeah, that sounds horrible that that's not horrible well, the oh. problem with my life is 
is that I didn't know it was happening. It happened. It was, it was it, by the way, it was two o'clock in the morning, and I and I was woken up with like shotgun in my face. So, <laughs> oh my no, I thought I was being murdered. Yeah, Jesus Christ! I I would have shit the bed. Honestly, I think in my no idea what was happening. Um, it was so over the top, so ridiculous. And I didn't know, I, I thought maybe there was like a shooter in the area and they were like just trying to clear everybody out to like, you know, um, it's kind of freaking me out. Who else <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I, I don't blame you. Well, you, you, you realize pretty quickly that no matter what the situation or how good of a person you are, you're at the mercy of, I, I could do nothing. These fools had me in handcuffs and took me to jail. And I'm sitting there going, what are we doing here? What are you guys doing? And it was, it, you know, we won't go into that stuff. There's a lot of crazy things happening right now with police. And, and I, I do respect authority, but it, 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 that situation showed me really quickly, really quickly that like, they can do whatever they want and it doesn't matter who you are or what you have done or haven't done. They can do whatever they want. So yeah, I had, I had, I had a little PTSD for a while. I would like just, it, it was awful. Um, and, and with my life, the next day it was on TNZ and, um, it's just, you know, it was, it was, it was a shitty deal, but, um, yeah, that's, how, oh, we got on this because my door rang. Yeah, like I don't trust that shit anymore. <laughs> oh, I, I don't blame you, man. And, that, and that's the thing with, you know, someone in your position, right? Someone that's had the success that you've had is that you have to worry about if it happens in your life. Now it's going to be in the news and now everybody's going to know about it. And, that, and me is like just a normal part. Like that's something I even worry about. I can't imagine having that on top of, right? Like I just can't imagine that stress, man. So, you know, I'm sorry. It was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was really awful. I mean, I, when I, when I knew that, like, I didn't know what they were talking about and they obviously have the wrong person and, um, they shut that jail cell on me and I was going, is this for real? They took me out of my bed. I have no idea what's happening. And now I'm in jail in LA, LA County. <laughs> Did you think I was, terrified. I was terrified? I, I, I was terrified. I, I heard what they were accusing me of. Yeah. And it was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I could have sued them. I could have sued the, the building that I lived in at the time because they allowed this to happen to me. Um, but I just wanted to move on. You know, I didn't want to drag out something that literally had nothing to do with me. And, and luckily TMZ is, they've always kind of, they've always kind of been a fan of mine, I guess, in a way, meaning like some people see paparazzi and are like, you get out of my face. I talk to them. I laugh with them. I hang out with them and they like me. So luckily, you know, they obviously put the truth out there. And then a week later when, the whole thing went away because they looked at the damn security footage, which they could have done and saw that it wasn't me that, you know, did this deal, uh, put out another article. But that's the crazy thing about my life is that, um, you know, once you, once you get into entertainment, especially if you've 
become recognizable. There's no privacy anymore. Yeah. That's a tough, and there's good, good and bad, you know, Oh, I'm getting married or I'm having a baby. It's going to be out there. Even if I don't want it to be out there or, you know, whatever happens, it's, it's, uh, your life is no longer just yours and in your own bubble. It's the whole world. And it's a, it's an interesting thing to try and wrap your head around sometimes. No, I can't. I, I mean, obviously I can't, I can't imagine. Um, you know, it's probably something you can't, once you cross that line, you can't really go back. Right. Like that's it. There's no, yeah. I mean, in a way, in a weird way, you almost hope so, because that would mean that you would have a long career and that you're going to be relevant. Right. Sure. Um, you know, but like everything in the world right now, this, this, uh, the entertainment industries, it's, it's in a weird place, man. Um, and it's always been really good to me. And right now it's just, no one knows what's happening. Um, we, we, we don't know when productions are going to go back in. We don't know when, you know, and so it's just, uh, it, it's, it's not like a, you know, maybe someone in Ohio has a job. They know they're going to be there for 50 years. And I know like, like my industry is just ups and downs and, uh, competitive and cutthroat. And, um, you know, that's one thing. Now you put the pandemic and everything else. And now it's kind of like non-existent. Yeah. So it's just a, it's, it's a crazy time, but like I said, my, this music stuff for me, um, I am, uh, I'm producing a show called full circle, which is uh, a music documentary show about me coming back to where it all began, which is the music. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to film me moving from LA to Nashville. Um, and you know, uh, we haven't finalized any deals, but I, but I, I told you about Dallas, who's a great friend of mine. And, I think he and I are going to do some big things together. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just, I'm blessed and fortunate that I can have something else that I do, you know, a lot. Cause like I said, a lot of my buddies are like, they don't know what they're doing. And they're like, dude, I, I, I don't even know if I have a career anymore. That's crazy. I can, I mean, I just can't imagine. I mean, that's just so crazy. So basically it's basically something like, you know, all projects are being paused, right? No, and no projects are being greenlit. So it's sort of like even the ripple effect that, you know, the industry will feel months ahead, right? Because there'll be no new stuff coming out. That That's what, as a fan, I'm curious about, you know, with that sort of stuff, because, right, it takes time to, you know, make a project, whatever, and then you don't, of course, or whatever. So this is crazy, right? The ripple effect is going to be it's nuts. Shows are being canceled that wouldn't have been canceled. Um, do you know? Do you know what pilot season? Do you know what that is? I mean, not as well as you do, but I'm assuming it's just when they they're deciding on new shows, right? For for the right. yeah. So it, it used to be kind of obviously. Used to, I mean, pilot season was like the gold rush every year for actors all over the world, right? They would all come to LA and try to get a pilot because every network would make. 40 pilots so there was so much work out there and and um it, that's changed as well but uh yeah i mean even this pilot season all these shows that were originally supposed to go and be greenlit they're like never going to be seen they're done so it's just um you know you got yeah, i just saw an article about caa which is the biggest agency in the world they just laid off like 300 and something people and agents and oh you know, I- 
I read that article too. I saw that. Yeah, that's if you're an actor with those agents. That means you no longer have representation. So then you're like, okay, now like it's just, you know, the music industry too is, you know, look, I have a lot of musicians on the podcast. That number one conversation is the touring has stopped. You know, the, that's how you make your money. Yeah. That's how they make their money. Right. All the plus, you know, just, they're trying live streaming, right? They're trying this, they're trying that merch, um, you know, and some people are just forcibly, not forcibly, but they're deciding, you know what, we're going to go out and play some shows, Wh- whatever we got to go. We're going to drive here, there. Sure. sure yeah. Happen. Yeah. It's, it's like that industry as well is, it's just cause live music venues are closing. Austin, dude, they're closing down left and right here. And I was supposed to be on tour right now. Really? I was, uh, to promote the music, yeah, I was supposed to be on tour. It, actually, in Texas, we were going to do, Damn. um, and we were going to do a whole Texas deal because you know, obviously, being being on Dallas and being from there, I've, I've got a lot of support in that state. Yeah. So we were going to do uh, a little House of Blues deal and hop around uh, not only Texas but then hit the House of Blues across the country and um, can't can't do that right now. You know, uh, when are we going to be able to do that? Who who knows? Like absolutely. Uh, you know, I, and, and like, I just went, I was just in Nashville last week and I showed up and I was like, Oh wait, you guys are still shut down. I was like, I thought you guys were reopened. Um, and they're sort of open, but not really. And they have to close at 10 PM, which is just weird. And, you know, um, for everyone's sake in the world, I'm just excited for this all to be over and we can figure out a solution so that we can get back to normalcy. Yes. Because, you know, mental health is a real thing, and this is not this is not good for a lot of people. I agree. 100, yeah, a hundred percent. I totally yeah. Agree that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's no good to be stuck inside with. Uh, you know, my wife always tell right. Like my wife knows I'm not good with with uh, free time. You know. It's yeah. Not, it's not good for me. Not too much of it. Um, yeah. You no, know, I'm kind of like you. I'm I'm antsy. I've I've got like you know, I've got to do something, right? I got to stay busy, something to, you know, help calm me down or whatever. Um, and yeah, there's just so much time right now, right? There's just so much you want to do things, of course, too much to do, you know? And at the same time, I want to be safe. I, I don't want to get sick. I don't know what's going on. And when I don't know about something, right, like we were talking about earlier, it's hard to know what information and I'm with you. Like, I get it. I, I don't know what the fuck. So so then I just take a hard line stance of, well, then I'm just going to protect myself for whatever. Sure. And right. And 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 just go with it from there. But there's only so much. I mean, how, how long are you know, how long can we truly just stay like locked indoors and everything stay closed and how long can that last without any help coming down from above? You yeah. Know? I mean, I, I get, I get messages every day from fans, uh, you know, telling them that they want to see more of me kind of just spreading inspiration or talking because they need it because, um, you know, there's a couple ways to look at this whole deal. Uh, one way to look at it is, is we have never been able to slow down this much, you know, life, life moves. And most people are, are they're, they're just, they just, I got to go to work and I got to go to here and I got to do this and I got to do this. And when, especially in LA for a minute, because it was not only shut down, but it was also a 
like a stay at home order and a curfew, you know, when the protesting stuff was happening. So you actually couldn't leave. Right. And so I was able to, for a minute, appreciate the fact that I didn't need to do anything, you know, that I didn't have anything to do. So I'm going to just try and relax and try and, you know, it's almost like when you know, I, I like to sleep in, I'm a sleeper, you know, but being, being an actor, uh, especially when you're the lead of shows and films, you're in almost every scene, you're going to be there every day at five or 6 a.m. So I look at the times when I'm not working as a time that appreciate the fact that you don't have to be up at five o'clock in the morning and working 16 hour days, just enjoy it because life is short. And, you know, so yeah, it's a scary time and it's not a good time for a lot of people. Um, but I try to promote the fact that it's all happening for a reason, for some reason, and none of us can really understand it or explain it, but just, just really try and evaluate your, yourself and your life and, and, and people and, and the things that, that are important to you, whether it's family and friends and, you know, uh, your dog, like whatever it is, just appreciate the fact that you can try and uh, focus on the real stuff and not worry about all the world stuff that takes our attention pretty much every day of our lives. That's great advice, man. Absolutely. That's Nice, man that's you know that's what we should be doing you know it, you got to take advantage during this time you know learn a new trade learn a new something um take yeah this is a good opportunity to start you know taking care of your health eating better i'm a big proponent of eating well obviously as a chef yeah. um, uh, and you know just staying healthy right especially during right now um and like you said enjoy the moments you know, with your family and, um, you know, if you got kids or your whatever, your brother or your cousin, right. Anybody, uh, just staying in touch with them. And like you it's said, important. yeah. I mean, letting know that you get, let, let, let people know you're thinking about them. You care about them that, uh, that hope you're well, if you, you know, if you want to FaceTime, if you want to call and just hang out and talk, um, you know, we have time for that right now. Absolutely. You know? Yes. I, I, so, the things that maybe we usually take for granted because we're too busy we're too moving from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. It's like it, it, everything did slow down. And as of right now, a lot of this is out of our hands too, you know, like, yeah, like we, like we, we, we can't really control what's happening. Like we, you and I don't have a say when restaurants and bars and places can open. We don't. So, you know, try and, maybe just cultivate the things that are real and not the things that are distractions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and as I keep promoting on this show here, eat local. That's my big thing. Always hashtag. I agree. <laughs> right. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I spend more money eating out and entertaining than, I, <laughs> but I enjoy it. You know, like, like I said, I enjoy cooking too. Yeah. But if I cook five nights in a row, I'm sick of doing the dishes. Let me get out and let me get out and get some, you know. Yes. You got to support, right? There's people out here, independent. You look, I'm all about the small independent, you know, chef that opened his own place because that's what I did. So, like, I, I want to support people like that because that to me is the best meal you're going to ever get is from that person. They care, yeah. care about it the most. They're most invested. They spend so much time and boom, there's 
sliding it right to you. There's just nothing like, you're just not going to get that from a chain. You're not going to get that from just these other places. It's just not going to happen. So like you said, I agree. that relationship with food, it's just, you know, it's important. So yeah, I think, you know, supporting local man, and that helps then support the local supply chain as well, which are the farm, of course. right. And everyone else that's helping bring all this good natural food, um, you know, that you should be eating. And to be honest with you, Josh, I'm not even sure if you're aware and I'll, I'll tell you this, and this is a good thing that's come out of the pandemic as far as food, the local supply chains all over the country have immensely grown and gotten stronger. So farmers are reporting 500 to a thousand percent increase in sales across the country, man. So if they're, wow, I have not heard that at all. Absolutely, man. So if there's any positive, it's that it's that farmers are, are literally, having record sales right now because they're opening up the doors to how they get them the food. So before people look around, right, you let's say you just live in whatever city you think, how do I get food from a farmer? I, I, where do I go? Okay. I go to a farmer. Yeah. I go there, but what if I just, I want to make it easier. Well, now they're direct sales, right? So now you can go on these websites, you, they'll send you a, a box. Other farmers are doing deliveries around the town locally and bringing you a farm box right to your table, right to your door that was happening sporadically. You know, there's apps and this and that, but now it's so much stronger because of the pandemic, right? People needed food. Grocery stores are selling. Sure. So people turn yeah. to farmers and I've had a lot of farmers on the show uh, here in the beginning of the pandemic. And that's all that we were talking about. So it was a great thing. It was a weird thing to talk to them. Like, you know, places are struggling food plate, but not them. They're doing better and it's strengthening. And I hope the, the hope is that that stays. That's of course still means yeah. after the pandemic, right? That, that some of that still does. And I, I think it will because the prices really aren't that different. And honestly, the more the farm sale sells and builds a relationship, their, their prices can start to come down and, and be more right. Like with volume and with sure. that built and with the idea of future sales and you can project, then you're able to, you know, adjust your pricing a little bit. So it just makes it, it easier because I hate if you go to the store and you notice something organic versus something not, the price is so different. It shouldn't it's be crazy. Yeah. It's like, you know, an avocado is 99 cents and the organic one's 450. So like, <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> I mean, Absolutely crazy. is this avocado going to make me taller? Like what's going on here? that's funny that's funny. is there uh are there are there decent farmers markets in austin oh yeah man yeah really yeah good ones really good ones they, they put them in like um you know just downtown right in the middle of the street right on sundays and saturday oh, i love that yeah it's awesome yeah it's awesome. i love that what about a random question for you in austin is there uh do you have an indian food spot you like oh that's a that's a great question um yeah I love Indian food. There is a lot of good Indian spots here in town. I would say ooh, uh, Garage Mahal is a really good one. It's on Rainy Street. A great name. Yeah. <laughs> great name. A cool, uh, cool spot. You know, old part of Rainy with the old houses there. That's one of the busiest spots in Austin. Okay. And spot. Um, and there's some food trucks off of South First that don't really have names, to be honest. Yeah. It just says like Indian, right? I'll just say like Indian food. That's my favorite places to go, man. They don't have they don't have social media. They don't 
He does nothing. You just got to know where they're at. Cash only. Show up. Yeah, there was a there's a little spot. I, I, I said last time I was there was for iHeart, but it was actually uh, no, not iHeart. Um, South by, Earth. but it was iHeart. So last time I was there, I uh, presented. Uh, I'm buddies with Dan and Shay, the, the, the country music guys, and I. I uh, so iHeart has their country festival, or at least they did that year there in Austin. Um, and we uh, a- after the uh, after the show, we all went to. I, I, you know, I can't remember. I feel like it was somewhat near downtown, but stayed in a big new hotel. But there was all these like food trucks and stuff, and I had probably some of the best chicken tikka masala I've ever had at one of those trucks. I, um, uh, but I, I wish I knew the. Do, do you know what I'm talking? About? It's like an outdoor, like a bunch of different little food venue vendors, and like I think there's beers and stuff out there. You know what I'm talking about, or no? I'm trying to. I mean, there's lots of places like that here. No, that's a okay. There's probably ten different places just like that that have that food trucks and and even and I'm talking about downtown. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is great. That's why I love Austin, man. Austin is built on that. It's like every, that's the, like, I'm not saying I would trust a food truck and I've owned a food truck, man, for years. I'm not, I honestly wouldn't trust a food truck in every state and every city. Yeah, of course. I'm not like that, man. I know what happens. I know the corners that I've seen other food truck owners take. I'm not, don't tell me that. I'm not calling anybody out. Look, that's the reality. Look, there's, there's, there's people that call it in. Right when when you're acting right in the scene, there's actors that call it in. They're, you know they're not giving their best. Same thing with food. There's people that I look. I know you're not giving your best, and that's because you ingest that stuff, right? Like you eat the food. So to me, that's a bigger disgrace if you're gonna fuck with food. So I'm a real big proponent of like I'm like Chef Ramsay from Kitchen Nightmares type of guy. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that stuff because you're, you're dealing with people's lives, man. It's not cool to screw somebody over on food or promote one thing but serve another that's a big thing in the food industry that i hate right yeah i mean you know that and you know you're serving bad stuff i mean we all know food poisoning is the worst thing in the world so (laughs) yes yes so and i'll tell you what i've had it twice and it was both from taco bell at the same location (laughs) it's like (laughs) not kidding and you know it's crazy like yeah you know it it was the worst experience of my life the first time i had food poisoning and i was like i'm never touching that shit again (laughs) two and a half years later i'm with all my homies we're all hammered yeah and we and they pull into that taco bell and i go "Ah, i don't know and i ended up getting a damn steak quesadilla and sure enough i got food poisoning again (laughs) sorry taco bell but i but canceled no, uh, uh, look, it's, it's widely known. I'm not a fan of Taco Bell, nor do I promote places like that. Because, again, um, real food. I'm all about real food, and there's no way I would ever suggest someone go to Taco Bell or say that they serve real food. Because they don't. I, you know, it's just that, yeah. that reality of – it's just reality. I, it's not making anything up. It's not being mean. It's just, you know, you got to be real, right? If they were serving – anytime a place tells you they're serving real meat – that's not a good place to go to. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this: you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, then you're not gonna be maybe happy about this. But I am obsessed with, and sometimes have dreams about, because I loved it growing up. Uh, Taco Bueno. Just gonna say, just putting it out there. Look, uh, I, I'm, I go, I look every once in a while. I find myself in one of those places. I admit that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, every six. I, I just, it's, it's a nostalgic thing for me. Yeah. 
Totally, dude. You know, I, 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 there's a taste to their tacos, and I get that Mexi dipping chips, and you know, freaking chalupa or whatnot. Oh, way better than Taco Bell. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I love their red sauce or salsa and everything else. Um, but yeah, uh, um, but I, but I do, you know, I, I personally, so I, I know of a lot of good, um, farmers markets out here. Um, I, I go to one that's right down the street every Tuesday and, uh, this guy makes, uh, crazy homemade salsas and he makes his own chips and he sells them and, and, and I'm just, I'm obsessed with it. He has this ghost pepper salsa. That's just like ridiculous. It, it's hot. Yeah, that's, that's that's no joke, dude. Yeah, that's... but uh, but it's it's just but there's so much flavor in a freaking cup of salsa. I'm like, you know. But anyways, I, I do. Uh, there's there's great farmers markets out here, and uh, and you know, I I think in general, LA is kind of um pretty darn health conscious. You know, it's one of the more health conscious cities. I think you know. Sure. Um, oh, there's a lot. I mean, I, they're doing great stuff, man. I mean, it's still, yeah. right. Like L.A. is no New York, L.A., Chicago, Miami. Sure. You know, I'm even going to throw Houston, uh, Dallas, Austin on the map there, too. I'm a little biased, but um, they're there. I mean, look, the most honestly, dude, Texas just got its own James Beard category. Texas whole wow. because the, the food that comes out of Texas is just it's you know it's just different man it's just a it's just a different there's so many el paso right you've got el paso san antonio dallas fort worth austin houston right that's no state has anything yeah like that. so yeah texas got its own just this past year which is a big deal because there's so many texas chefs competing for like one spot right yeah. like it, it it's it's not really fair to some of the other categories and you know as you know james beard is like for a chef is like winning an Oscar, you of know, I, I've never been nominated, nor will I ever be nominated. I'm not that good a chef. I'm more of a comfort food chef. Okay. I'm not, Which a, is great. I'm not a tweezer chef as we, as we would say, um, you know, you know, like to win a James beard these days, do you, like, uh, do, do you have to like, you know, like do gastronomy and do all these other, like, do you have to do stuff and like, like that, that's just kind of like, you know, out of the norm, that's just more of a like wow factor than just taste. You know what it's about? A lot of times a James Beard award, like the chef is, it's a little mixed bag, but it's usually something innovative they're doing and a movie yeah. they made it. So that food can be anything like, like Franklin's barbecue, for instance, it's barbecue. Okay. He's not, I mean, it's literally just barbecue. He's doing brisket and uh, but he's a multi James Beard award winning chef. But sure. the thing with his barbecue is it's literally the best barbecue in the world. And he's taken a scientific approach to it and created this whole movement behind this barbecue. So that's why he gets a lot of attention and it's delicious. And he, t he took his time with it and made it right and blah, blah, blah. And then, but on the other side of it, another Austin famous chef, his name is Tyson Cole and he owns a place called Uchi. Um, also a James Beard award winning chef. His style, I mean, you're talking about Japanese style, you know, cooking and serving and plating meticulous, right? It's like literally nothing out of its, nothing out of sushi. Yeah. Sushi and Japanese style, you know, food, uh, sashimi, and they do these tasting menus that are, you know, ridiculous. Yeah. So, 
of you know fresh stuff but again just a totally different style so it's really just but again they created this movement this that's what it's about you got to be innovative something familiar with a twist sure sure yeah attention right if people are showing up to eat your food and people are talking about you that's gonna get the james beard then they'll come visit you they're gonna come talk yeah. if you know what you're talking about and then they vote on you. You honestly have to get votes, probably like getting nominated for an Emmy or an Oscar, right? You got to go campaign. Same same way. People can't uh, for, for their James yeah. nominations, you know, this the same way. I've always wondered about, you know, sushi in, in, in Texas. And, you know, like I was just in Arkansas and we went to a place and I'm like, hey, let's go to the sushi place. I'm like, where are they getting their fish from out here in Arkansas? What's going on? Like, you know, like, I'm just wondering like, yeah, <laughs> how fresh is it? You know, and I get like, yeah, being on a, a coastal city, you know, you, you, you would assume it's pretty fresh, but uh, I, I'm assuming you're saying there's some good sushi in Austin. hundred percent, man. Look, I, oh, nice. I'm probably going to burst your bubble on something and it's probably our viewers and listeners as well. But the truth is, is that it, just because it's on the coast, right, of a city doesn't mean you're going to get fresh seafood. In fact, 80% of the time will be frozen anyway. But you're like, but yeah. we're on the ocean. They, they, they Nobody's walking out in that ocean and grabbing that food and bringing it back. It's coming from whatever the same way as any other place. You, you can, sure. uh, you know, middle of America, furthest away from a water. They can have fresh fish flown in the same day, same fresh that you would get from the coast. Like it, it's all about just are people eating there, right? Do you yeah. have a good gut feeling that trust your gut feeling? That's what I was. Yeah. Thinking. Use your gut feeling when you walk into a place. If it feels good, go for it. If it doesn't, no, don't be ashamed to walk out of a place. If yeah, there's nothing worse than bad sushi. I mean, oh, God, right? That's the worst. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, and, and yeah. To to your point, I um, I went on a date to this spot out here, and you know. I tried one thing and I was like, yo, this is rank, bro. This is bad. And I sent it back, tried the next thing. And I was like, yo, is this for real? Who's, and we couldn't eat anything we ordered. We left. And I was like, this stuff is, this is terrible. What's going on here? So you're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, this was in LA. Um, uh, and eat that. I'm glad. I mean, well, I, I took a bite. Well, uh, I'm glad you didn't feel forced to like finish it. Or sometimes people feel bad sending plate dishes back. Don't feel bad about that. I promise you a good chef wants to know if you don't think that dish is up to par. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they want to know. They want to fix it. And and you're paying for it. What the fuck? You, you shouldn't have to eat something that you don't like. like. I'm a big proponent of that. If you're not happy with it, I'll, I will immediately swap it out. There's no disagreement. There's no argument. Sure. You don't need to find a hair in the food for me to exchange it which which by the way luckily that never happened to me i can't even believe that and so many i, I just can't believe that never happened once to me but um yeah yeah you know i feel like is that like a common like you eat half of it and then you throw in your own hairs on the dish and be like oh my god there's a hair on this dish i'm not eating it <laughs> and then like you know you kind of got half full and you send it back and you leave with a free meal i you know the hair thing i get it it's gross I, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a reaction that you see a hair and you're like, that's disgusting. But does it, does it so you said it never happened to you in your place. In my, in my, at least nobody came and told me, um, now yeah. I have found hairs cooking 
before my own stuff. It, it's yeah. happened to any chef. You're going to something at least maybe one time, maybe it only happened, but you know, it's just part, think about it. you cook. I mean, you can wear hair nets. You can do that. You take all the things are going to happen. Mistakes are going. Yeah. You just no problem. You throw it out. Start again. Now I will say this is a little gross. I have been eating food before. Found a hair and kept eating it. Just fuck. It. I just plowed through it. Just didn't. <laughs> I was probably drunk. You know what I mean? Probably just a little drunk. Just like I'm not gonna wait to send back to get more. It's just a hair. Yeah. Not gonna kill me. I found it. Uh, it's not yeah. like eating it. I found it. Uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, make sure it's not where the hair is coming from. Yeah, it, it tastes like uh, what, what was that old hairspray rave? Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> we're like, is that Aquanet? What's going on here? Uh, we were just at uh, I was just at a, one of my favorite spots actually, and and I was with a, a girlfriend of mine, and she ordered a salad, and she's talking to me, and I'm looking at her salad, and I'm going, all right should I say something or should I just grab this thing and run away? There was, I mean, I'm talking an absolute massive, like caterpillar with like wings, <laughs> like, like this big in the bottom of her salad moving. Her salad was moving and I'm going, and she didn't notice it. And I went, Hey, let me see that salad. Cause I knew she would scream and probably freak out and throw up and slap somebody in the face. But um, I, I grabbed that bowl and I said, I'm going to go, I'm just going to take it. And I told the, the, the manager, I go, Hey, look at this. Cause the salad was moving. <laughs> I mean, it was like, it was like a straight up bug out of Jurassic park. It wasn't just like, you know, like a little, no, this thing looked like it had been, been on steroids. And I said, uh, yeah, you see that bug? It's massive. And it's just kind of hanging out in the salad, uh, right there. And, um, they blamed it on the fact that they get their stuff fresh from organic farms and the bug probably just came with the salad. I was like, <laughs> that's bullshit. They bullshitted you because that that's true, but you're supposed to wash it before you serve it to the fucking customer. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. One on one. That's, that's like, did you just take it straight out of the bag and put it in the bowl? That's basically what they did. So uh, look, you're going to find bugs and stuff you get that. That's true. And that's no problem. That's why you wash cilantro and parsley and all these herbs and salad if you're making a salad yes you have to wash the lettuce i mean it's like so it makes me it makes me upset honestly and that he gave you that excuse like this is the oh, yeah we're, we're just we're just so organic and so farm to table that we just pick it out of the ground and put it in your bowl <laughs> that's so bullshit i mean again that's that's true that's that that's probably why it has the caterpillar or whatever it was but yeah wash it and you take out the caterpillar before you give it to the customer they're probably yeah. fine it could have been in the middle of service they grab it out of the bag and throw it in so it could have been both maybe they had stuff that was washed they ran out of that so what do you do when you're in the weeds as they call it sure you, sometimes and you i just go i'm not joking. yeah i used to work at uh Joe's Crab Shack in Mesquite, Texas. Joe's Crab Shack. That's a uh, <laughs> love it. Best best crab in town, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you know, I, I was so they they dance at this place, you know. So that's what they do. And when I got there, I was 18 years old, and I was like, these dances are terrible. Can I re choreograph these things? And the guy was like, oh, I guess. So I did. That's awesome. Uh, they filmed me 
record guy. And then they sent my film to all of the Joe's Crab Shacks across the country to learn the new dances because I said dances were awful. Um, but I used to uh, get so caught up in the damn dancing at the restaurant that I would forget to put people's orders in. <laughs> and I would always, I would look at a table and be like, God, they've been here for a long time. Where's their food? And then I would, I would realize, holy shit, I didn't ever fucking put it in. So I was like the waiter that the kitchen staff knew. I was like, yo, I need a, I need a, a bucket of chicken wings, some snow crab legs, and yada, yada. Uh, uh, what is it called? There's a term for it when you need it right now. On the, huh? on the fly, yes. Yeah, and they would always just shake their head at me going, this kid is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I'm dancing. You know, I'm performing here. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Yeah, it was... Uh, I'll tell you what, though, the, 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 those wings were pretty darn. I, I used to like order a mudslide on people's bills and like, like, like I would try to remember to then take it off, you know? Yeah. And I was 15 years old. Like, you know, I, I loved a mudslide, like whatever. <laughs> and then I would forget to take it off their bill and they'd be like, what's this mudslide doing on here? I'd be like, oh, that's so weird. <laughs> As I've got like mudslide on my chin. <laughs> no idea. No idea what that is. Well, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that's so funny, dude. I love yeah. Joe's Crab Shack, man. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, man. I, I, first of all, it's thank you for having me, man. I'm sorry it took so long for me to to be able to make this happen. I've been traveling so much and. Oh gosh, no, no worries, man. Um, just again, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. I know it's uh, probably feels good too to. Just shoot the shit a little bit, sit back, right? And it does, you know, talk to somebody from, you know, from, from home and, yeah. and, uh, and you know, like, like, like we talked about, it's such a, such a crazy time right now. So, so anytime that I could just kind of hang out and, you know, like, like I said, I, I send a lot of messages back to people that, that send me messages through social media and, it is an important time, I think, just to try and support even people that you don't know, because this is not an easy time. No one's ever, ever experienced anything like this. And um, a lot of people, it's just not good for them. So I, I'm glad that we can kind of come and hang out and laugh and talk about stuff and just uh, try and, you know, uh, give somebody something to listen to and, and, and something to enjoy. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's why we do this, baby. So, yeah, again, um, thank you so much, Josh, man. Um, you know, my best of luck to the music and everything you got going on. Um, look, when you got some stuff out and, and whatever, we'll we'll reach out again. We'll have you uh, come on and and we'll talk about any, uh, you know, new, new projects you have coming on. I would love that. I would love that. I'll make sure and keep in touch. Uh, I think the music stuff is going to happen pretty quickly. Uh, we're trying to get a song um, on the radio by this fall, which is coming up. Um, but I will definitely contact you again and we'll come on and, uh, and talk about it and hang out, man. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Well, again, uh, Josh, my, my best to you and your family, man. Um, you know, Godspeed, brother. Just take care. Be safe there. And um, yeah, man, we'll we'll talk soon. I, I really appreciate it, Josh. Thank you so much. Hey, man, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. And I'll, I'll talk to you again, okay? The Lone Star Play podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores, butchers, restaurants, farmers markets, and more who are using fresh, artisanal, organic sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. 
For more information, go to thelonestarplay.com. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Until next time. <laughs>